Hello, and welcome to Chin Chats Episode 5, a show where I talk to people that interest me about the stuff that interests them. I'm your host, Davey Chin, and this week we'll be talking to the least interesting person to grace the Chin Chats podcast, me. Rather than having a guest this week, I will be responding to some Ask Me Anything posts that I put out on social media, the first of which I posted on August 4th of 2019. I'm recording this episode in the end of March 2020, so it's been a while uh, that these answers have been coming, and I will answer them all to the best of my ability. Some are much deeper than others, and I will pay no specific attention to any one question. I will try to give everybody equal love. So we'll start at the very top. This question from at Bailey James 1215. What artists or albums have influenced your taste in music over the years? The first answer to come to mind, and anybody that knows me already knows this answer, is the genre of Southern gospel, specifically the artist artists that make up the Gaither vocal band throughout the years. The Gaither vocal band and Southern gospel were a part of my childhood. Listening to the I Do Believe album is one of the fond memories of my childhood, and I listened to every iteration of the Gaither vocal band. People who know the Southern Gospel world and know the vocal band know that they've had many different voices throughout the years, and they will often ask the question of, which vocal band was your favorite? My favorite vocal band of all time would be Guy Penrod, David Phelps, Mark Lowry, and Bill Gaither. I think there is no greater vocal band than that. However, the greatest vocal band album of all time is the a cappella album, which replaces Mark Lowry with Russ Taff, which made no sense. If you know Russ Taff's voice, it just doesn't seem like a voice that would fit into that context, but that particular album is, in my opinion, one of their greatest. And really, that album is one of the more influential albums to me musically, large in part due to the arranging, most of which was done by David Phelps, and the incredible, incredible intricate harmonies that he wrote for just four voices on that album. In addition to the Southern Gospel realm and the vocal band, some out there more different answers that some people might not expect. The first ever album that I remember owning was a hand-me-down album from my dad, and it was the album Diamonds and Pearls by Prince, which is probably one of my all-time favorite albums of music, if not in my top three, definitely in my top ten. I remember listening to that album over and over and over again on my CD Walkman back in the day. That album was very influential uh, in terms of opening my mind to fairly unique musics that I didn't listen to at home a lot. And I'm still kind of surprised that album was a gift from my father. Uh, Around the same time when I was a kid, I remember receiving an, an album by Genesis Uh, And I actually don't remember the name of the album. I'll see if I can look it up and I'll put it in the show notes. But listening to the voice of Phil Collins and the drumming of Phil Collins and the whole uh, 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 rock pop uh, makeup of Genesis can't be beat. Some of the greatest, greatest rock pop hits that kind of go underrated, uh, kind of go unnoticed rather. In addition to Prince and the vocal band, one of my all-time favorite musical groups that I still gain great inspiration from is Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. I had the opportunity to see Bela Fleck and the Flecktones, the original Flecktones, live in Boulder, Colorado in 2012. And it was one of the most incredible live musical events I've ever been to. It was mind-boggling, the capacity of these musicians. And they do it with such grace and such humility that really kind of defies normalcy and 
I can't think of a Bela Fleck and the Flecktones album that isn't awesome. Some are way weirder than others, and I think the weirder they get, the better they are. In addition to those three artists, a highly influential musical group to me is the St. Olaf Choir. Growing up in the Midwest, once I got into choral music, especially at the college age, the St. Olaf Choir was the pinnacle of Midwestern choral tone, and I idolized them. I idolized Anton Armstrong and the work he was doing with them, and I still admire them dearly and look to them as as one of the pinnacles of great collegiate choral music in in the country, not just the Midwest. Uh, some of the things they do with tone and some of their programming ideas I think are really inspirational and really wonderful. I could go on and on and answer this question in a whole entire episode, but we'll stop there for now. Question two comes from at Alden underscore Wagaman. He asks, have I fully paid back Daniel Kane the money I owed him? So this one comes with a backstory. First of all, Alden, the answer to that question is no. I'm working on it intentionally. This comes with a backstory. We're in Florida, uh, we being uh, the, the collegiate corral that I conduct and I back in March of 2019. We were outside hanging around, loitering around the pool And this song was stuck in my head, and it was the most obnoxious song, and it was a Christmas song, and an obscure, unknown Christmas song. Not like, All I Want for Christmas is You, or I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. More obscure than that. I'm talking the most out there Christmas song. And I had this tiny little line in my head, and I could not get it out. And I was so annoyed by it. I hadn't sung it or anything. I'd just been in my head all day. Remind you, this is in March of 2019. And I'm standing with a group of people and I said, I will give anybody $100 if they can guess the song in my head. And I'm so confident you won't guess it. I give you each three guesses. And Daniel guessed it right on the second guess. And I will never be, I don't think I'll ever be more aggravated than I was in that moment. But I realized that I said, I will give you $100. I didn't say immediately and I didn't say at one point, so I decided to slowly pay him back. So every time I see him, I give him a few pennies. I think I still owe him 97 and some change. Next question, at Anna underscore Lynn asks, personal philosophy regarding healthy or restful habits. Uh, My personal philosophy is everybody should have healthy, restful habits, and I don't. I have a pretty bad habit of not being healthy or restful. I should exercise way more than I do. I walk to work every day, and that's the biggest form of exercise that I get. I don't go to the gym. I don't have a regular exercise routine. And I should get plenty of rest, and I try sometimes. Sometimes I sleep really well. Sometimes I don't sleep almost at all. And that can be extraordinarily aggravating. So my answer to the question of what my personal philosophy is is everybody should try to be healthy and everybody should try to rest. The only thing that I can answer in that that I have any experience in is try very desperately to have a work-life balance. If you have a work like mine, it can be very blurry between work and life and trying to balance those two things is is really key and probably the only thing that I'm getting better at in terms of my health and rest. At Ricky Hernandez, my good friend from California Days asks, miss you. That's not a question. That's just a statement. I miss you too, Ricky. And then says, share some of your LA stories. I could do an entire podcast of LA stories. My all-time favorite LA story was working at Tivana where I met Ricky and enjoying the multitude of personalities that would come into the store. We saw 
many different people from many walks of life. The store was based in Century City, which is kind of like the downtown city of Beverly Hills, right next to Beverly Hills. So we had quite a large amount of people of notoriety that came through the store. And one particular day, I was on break up in the food court area of the mall and saw someone that I just freaked out that I was seeing, and it was Paula Abdul. I grew up as a huge fan of Paula Abdul, influenced by my father again and his musical tastes. And then, of course, American Idol came out when I was in high school, and so Paula Abdul was just a part of my childhood in that way. And so I went up to her and I said, I'm so sorry to bother you. I like to not bother celebrities when they're out and about because they're just people living their lives. I took a selfie with her thought that was the greatest thing ever, sent it to my father, went back to work. About half an hour later, uh, I get a little hip bump as I'm standing in the store from somebody who snuck up behind me and said, guess who? And it was Paula Abdul, which was like this little flirty moment with Paula Abdul, which was pretty exciting. Turned out that she lived very close to the mall and she actually walked her dog around the mall quite frequently. So I got to see her quite often and know her a little bit. She came into the store over and over again. uh, And the greatest moment of my life That's definitely not true. That is way hyperbole. But a really great moment was when I came into work one day and my boss was like, dude, I don't know what's going on. But a couple hours ago, Paula Abdul came in and asked if Davey was working. And that was one of my most excited moments that I've ever I've ever felt knowing that Paula Abdul, at least for that day, knew my name. I think she knew asked for me at at that time just because. I gave her extra free samples, probably more than I should have, but I don't regret it. At Maddie underscore Hayward asks, what's your dream profession? That's a loaded question. She's one of my students, so I should probably say being a college professor at Indiana Wesleyan University and conducting the corral, which is probably true. That is that is a dream profession of mine. I can't believe that I get to do what I do. It's a gift. It's a privilege. It's a blessing. All of those words are true. If I had a dream, dream, dream job, two things come to mind. Number one would be conducting one of the world's best choirs. That would just be insanely cool, conducting a group like the Los Angeles Master Chorale or participating with a group that makes makes music at that level would be a dream. But the most dreamy of all dream jobs would be being a late-night talk show host. Instead, I'm going to sit in my house and record a podcast. At Gracia.Gormong asks, how has teaching at Indiana Wesleyan changed you as a person? That question is way too deep, but that doesn't surprise me coming from Gracia. Teaching at Indiana Wesleyan has made me a far more patient person, and it has made me a far more gracious person, which is kind of an ironic thing to people that know me. They don't think I'm very gracious at all in the academic context, but learning, learning the boundary between pushing students and helping them develop resilience and giving them grace has been one of the greatest life lessons that I have started to learn, have not mastered. I would say if I were in a class where that was the subject, my grade would be a D minus, uh, just barely above an F. But I'm continuing to get better at that and and learn that, and that's a, a process for sure. I've I could go on and on and on about the many things that that I have learned through my time so far at Indiana Wesleyan. I've been there for five years, which is crazy. Uh, And I don't foresee myself leaving anytime in the near future. Of course, that can always change. At Inky Cat writes, 
asks, how's married life treating you? Is your whole house orange yet? She asked this back in August as a reminder. I had gotten married in May of 2019. It's been almost a year. We're coming really up on 11 months next week. My whole house is not orange. However, there is exponentially more orange in my house now than there was in April of 2019. And I am not at all sorry about it. It's a very happy color. I like the orange that's in my house. Mostly, uh, my wife Olivia has the orange concentrated in her own specific spots in the house, but there are little specks of orange here and there, uh, little orange power cords, little orange trinkets and things that are around. Uh, and in addition to that, the first half of the question, how's married life treating you? It's the best. I'll tell you what. I'm recording this episode during the COVID-19 quarantine and if I were not married, I would have gone completely crazy by this point. As an extrovert, this whole staying at home without interacting with other humans thing would be extraordinarily exhausting if I didn't have my wife around. So it's a huge, huge blessing to have her right now. But in general, it's just awesome. It's fun to have your best friend around all the time. It's fun to say, hey, you want to play Skippo at 10 o'clock at night? It's fun to play Jenga. It's fun to go on walks with somebody else. Uh, it's fun to have somebody who enjoys doing yard work. It's fun to come home uh, and be greeted rather than just come home to an empty house. It's it's kind of a, the greatest thing that I've ever experienced. Let's see what's next. At Hey Matthew asks, it's been a while since you shaved, but tell us a little about your beard care routine. It has been a little while since I shaved. The last time I clean shaved my face was August 1st, 2015. It's been almost five years since I clean shaved my face. And so I have a pretty distinct beard care routine. The first and foremost thing is that if you are a beardsman of any kind, you need to wash your beard. Not just for the sake of your beard, but for the sake of the skin underneath it. You gotta have a good beard wash, guys. You gotta do it. Don't use shampoo. That stuff's made for the skin on your head and the hair on your head. And the skin on your face and the hair on your face are remarkably different. There are tons and tons and tons of beard washes out there, most of which are really, really well made for beard care specifically. It's made for the hair and the skin underneath. The natural products in the beard land are most of the products. They're not that expensive and they're so worth it. So step one, wash and condition your beard or wash or condition your beard at the very least. Step two, I love to use a good beard oil, a good beard balm. Personally, I jump back and forth. I have currently in my medicine cabinet, I probably have 15 different beard oils and beard balms that I bounce back and forth. It's not because I like the qualities of the product physically. It's like that I like the smells differently. When you're rubbing an oil or a balm directly under your nose on your mustache or your beard, you want it to smell good. So I have a lot of different products that I cycle through there. Again, the world of beard products is so vast. So if you're a beardsman and you're looking for a new beard oil or a beard balm, just t do a quick Google search and you'll find a ton of things. My personal favorites are Beard Brand. I'm not at all sponsored by them. I have zero sponsors because I do this podcast for free and I do one episode a year, it seems. But Beard Brand makes some incredible products. They're all natural. They have really good smells and they're fairly decent prices. And you can now actually acquire several of their products directly through Target, which is nice. Before that, they were all online. In addition, I also like the beard oils from Arteus Man. I'll put links, of course, in the in the description. Uh, the Not the description. This isn't YouTube. In the show notes for this episode. 
Uh, RTS Man makes some really thick beard oils that have some really cool scents. They have one that smells deliciously like campfire, which doesn't sound like something you might want to rub on your face, but it smells great uh, throughout the day, especially when you're craving that s'more or that summer campfire smell. And there's, of course, plenty of over-the-counter products that you can get through CVS, Meyer, Walgreens, all of those types of things that are really good products as well. In addition to, to just using those products as a regular beard routine, I personally like to keep my beard fairly trimmed. Even if I'm letting it grow long, I like to trim the extra hairs that grow longer than everybody else. Uh, it's pretty normal for beard hair and mustache hair to grow at different lengths depending on where it is on your face. It's why some guys get patches in their beard, myself included. The patchiness is just really slow-growing hair, whereas in other spots of your face, you'll get fast-growing hair. So I like to keep my beard and, and mustache hairs trimmed so that they're all roughly equal lengths. I recently trimmed down fairly short and most likely will trim most of my beard off before this quarantine is over just because it'll give me something to do. At Jeffrey Lee Jensen, who just had his second baby, congrats Jeffrey and Sammy, asked, if money were no object, which pen would you like to own the most? Details of the pen and why. If money were no object, that's really a very, very scary question. If money were no object... Most likely, I would buy an all-decked-out Namiki Emperor. Namiki is a Japanese brand. They are the fine products line of Pilot, which mostly everybody knows Pilot, even if they don't realize it. The most ubiquitous gel pen in the world, the Pilot G2, is the, most num the number one selling gel pen, at least in North America, is made by Pilot. And they have this fine line uh, of, of pens and stationary goods called Namiki. And they have a pen called the Emperor, which is a massive pen. And they have some really beautifully ornate Emperor pens that have exquisite, exquisite art on them. The Double Dragon is one that comes to mind right away. Um, and I'm sure there are others within that that would be really, really beautiful that I'd love to own. It's the largest nib on a fountain pen as well, which is really fun. If I were to get one emperor other than the double dragon, I would probably get the goldfish pen, which sounds silly to most people, but I love koi and I love goldfish. I always have. Um, it's become a more recent obsession with koi specifically, but goldfish are just so cool. And I think they're really pretty and some of them in art form are really exquisite. I'll post some pictures of the Namiki Emperor goldfish in the show notes, of course. It's a pen that uh, I will never, ever, ever own because of the cost, but it is exquisitely beautiful. So that's that's how I answer that question, Jeffrey. The Namiki Emperor also comes in non-decorative versions, the vermilion and the black, which are just Arushi hand-lacquered pens. They're all ebonite. They're very lightweight for their size, and there's a there's a possibility that I may get one of those in the future. Who knows? Next question. Pineapple on pizza? Yes, of course, pineapple on pizza. But not just pineapple. Pineapple with ham or Canadian bacon, same thing. Pineapple on pizza is a must. Hawaiian pizza is delicious. People that don't like Hawaiian pizza are wrong. Yes, pineapple on pizza. All day, every day. I will argue that forever. I won't go to the grave arguing that just because I think there are better things to argue about. But it's a pretty, pretty significant question. More recently than August, I also posted an AMA just a few days ago, the beginning of the quarantine, and received a handful of questions. 
The first one from at Cole.Lockwood. He says, are you going to try to bring back the handlebar mustache during this trying time? My specific handlebar mustache I had left down for almost a full month just to let the hairs relax a little bit and because I was lazy. And yes, I will bring it back during these trying times, Cole. In fact, I'm sporting one today. At Mackenzie King 44 asked, who's your favorite, me or Brooke? Mackenzie and Brooke were two of my first students when I was when I was teaching at Indiana Wesleyan. And I can't answer that question. Of course, Mackenzie really wants me to say that it's her, but and Brooke's probably not listening to this podcast, so I guess I can say Mackenzie, but that's a lie. It's a 50-50 split. Equal. Who is your fir- favorite current student? I can't answer that question. I don't have any favorites. I don't have a favorite current student, and I don't have a favorite past student. I like everybody equally. That's a lie. <laughs> Mackenzie also asks, Mackenzie asked me several questions. Do you have enough rice and tea stocked up if this is the apocalypse? First of all, I will never have enough tea stocked up. I can always have more. I do have enough tea to probably get me through the rest of 2020 if I drank all of my tea. So that's pretty good. And I have enough rice to last me for mm, probably the next two or three months. I buy rice in uh, 25 or 50 pound bags depending on the time that I go shopping. So it does last. Just Olivia and me are the only two eating it. Uh, these days, it does last a pretty good amount of time. At Mackenzie King 44 also asked, would you ever completely shave off your beard? Yes, absolutely, I would. I've actually been thinking about shaving my beard and mustache lately or making it a fundraiser and saying whichever bucket raises the most money, uh, I will I will do. So I have a bucket for don't shave, have a bucket for shave the beard, and have a bucket for shave the beard and the mustache. That'd be kind of fun, but I don't know what I would raise funds for. I wouldn't do it for something personal. I would do it for something like corral-related or student-related, or uh, maybe I'll do it for this quarantine. That's actually a really good idea. Maybe I'll do that. I just inspired myself. And Mackenzie King 44 also asked, what's your favorite quarantine pastime? I have played a lot of games with Olivia. We've played Skippo. We have a Skippo tournament going between the two of us right now. She is kicking my butt. Uh, we've also played several games of Jenga. We've played Seven Wonders. We've played some Yahtzee. We've played other games, I'm sure, that I can't think of. Uh, so we've played a lot of games almost every day. We've been playing games. Shockingly, I have not yet done a puzzle. We've been in quarantine for over a week, and I have not yet done a puzzle, which uh, is remarkable because I love puzzles. I'm sure that will happen in the next week. I also have this this particular season of life i have recently gotten into watches largely at the behest of john my friend who you can follow on all of the social medias at lemur inc not a sponsor but i will always forever promote lemur inc because my friend john who owns lemur inc and runs lemur inc uh, and his girlfriend abby who works with him are just the greatest people great company best customer service and just a good dude but he is obsessed with watches low-key and told me that I should get into watches, and so I did. I have not bought a watch yet, but my favorite quarantine pastime has been learning about and researching watches. I have spent way too much time learning about and looking at watches on the internet. That answers all of the questions that were in my recent AMA and the one from August of last year. This was fun. I don't think talking anymore would do me any good. I don't think it would do you any good, and the fact that if you're still listening, the fact that you listened to this long is remarkable and you deserve an award but 
you know, being locked up in your own home might cause you to go crazy enough to listen to this podcast. If you did listen, uh, thank you so much. Subscribe on iTunes. Give me a, a thumbs up or like or whatever you do there. Leave a comment. All of those things that makes me feel good doesn't matter for ratings. It doesn't matter for any of that kind of stuff because I don't do this for those things. I do it just for fun. Of course, check out the show notes for links. I'll have a playlist with some of my favorite jams and artists and some of the things that I mentioned in this episode. And you can also see links to some of the watches I'm looking at and the pens that I mentioned and all of that kind of stuff. Thanks for tuning in and hopefully we'll chat with you real soon with Chin Chats episode six, which will hopefully be coming out in less than a year. Bye.